When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's Maggie Lawson. And I'm Timothy Amundsen. Welcome everybody to The Psychologists Are In. In this episode, we are thrilled to have the one and only Henry Spencer, aka Corbin Burnson, aka Papa Bear. We're going to talk to Corbin about how he got where he is, and we're going to focus on episode four, Woman Seeking Dead Husband, Smokers Only, No Pets. Hi, Tim. Hi, Corbin. Hi, guys. How we're sort of going about, especially in this first season of The Psychologists Are In. That's us. We're The Psychologists. We're The Psychologists. And we are in. We are in. We're breaking down all things psych. Um, Corbin, thank you so much. I think of everyone, you are... The busiest. <laughs> You're the hard. You have so much happening right now. Let's talk about all that too, because um, everybody's going to obviously want to hear what you're up to. Um, honestly, you are your papa bear. You are papa bear to Sean and Psych. And I mean, I wanted to start at the very, very beginning, which is where you were when Psych came into your life. Well, it was a rainy day in Los Angeles. And <laughs> yes. I've been doing things as I do. I just fill in my time doing things. And I'd said to the guys who represent me, my manager mostly, I said, look, I I think I'm ready for another series. This was months before that. I guess I auditioned and didn't get a few things and whatever. Um, so he goes, hey, look, I've got a really good friend of mine is up at NBC is casting through uh, USA Network, uh, this new show, Psych. And I went, stop, wait, was it like a cable show? I said, I don't want to do a cable <laughs> show. I said, I don't, I, I said, I don't want to do a cable show. I want to be back in the real deal on prime time, you know? And uh, so he said, look, it's, it's, everybody likes this script. It's really good. You should go, at least go there, go there. What does it hurt? I said, well, it's raining out. And I said, just go. So I Googled Oh, it really maps. was a rainy day. Oh, it was pouring rain. It was pouring rain. I thought you were like setting the tone. No, no, it's it's raining and you just don't want to leave your house. I mean, you know, I didn't want to really leave my house. Very comfortable. I think I had a fire burning. I was like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. (laughs) So I get directions to NBC or to Universal. I knew where it was, but it takes me specifically maps in their early infancy, like MapQuest, I guess, or something to this door that was like. You know those fire doors that they're on the outside, there's no handle or anything. There's just on the inside, I guess you can push out, but on the outside it's got like two bolts and that's it. So I'm sitting there and I call my manager. I go, This is look, I really don't want to be here. It's raining. There's nothing over me. I'm at a door with no handle or nothing. I said, I'm going. He goes, wait, I'll have South send somebody down. I was two seconds away from leaving. And uh this woman comes down, opens up the door. I walk in, take a couple of flights up because I'm in an emergency stairwell, I guess, or something. And uh, then I went up and met, yeah, I met the crew and and uh, saw all these other actors. Then I went into that mode of like, oh god, these guys are going to all get this. It's a dad, I don't feel like <laughs> a dad, I'm, you know. And uh, 
Then I went in and really inspired by Kelly Kolchak was really like, she was so happy that I was there. I was a big fan. And all of a sudden my actor part came out. Well, if you put it like that, you know, yes, I'm happy to be here. Rain and all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get a little flattery. That's all actors need. Did you say, wait, you didn't feel like a, a dad? No, but I have, I have four sons, but I just didn't feel like, I guess, you know, you struggle with like, wait, I'm not the young guy in the show anymore. I'm the dad of the young. And then, you know, now it's like I'm the grandfather of the <laughs> young guy in the show. And it's, it's, it's very weird. You got to go. You got to keep accepting these phases that you're in. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I read and they liked it. And then I guess the next one, uh, James came in and read with me. And uh, there it was on my way to Vancouver. So James was cast. Yeah, he was cast. Was it the how many hats scene? Yes, we did the how many hats scene. That was my audition scene. It was very funny because it's funny thing about people don't know this, but we actors who still audition despite whatever we do. Um, the other day I had to do the scene that was the audition scene. And it was really easy because I knew the scene so well because I had <laughs> done it so many times. And I was thinking like, well, this is I'm not going to let it because everything's like, wow, he really knows this material. Well, yeah, because I auditioned for it like 25 times. But, uh, you know, now tomorrow I, I have scenes that I've never read before. So I've got to. Wait, this isn't L.A. Law? No, no. This is for a show I'm doing uh, for Showtime with Kevin Bacon called City on a Hill. I'm doing this season, the whole oh, yes, season. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It was it would all happened in one week, L.A. Law and this. I mean, literally the week before it was like. Uh, you know, what's happening? This is just like nothing's coming. This is like, you know, I've written a couple of things that I want to do, but I was really not distraught, but we'd moved into this beautiful new house and I'm suddenly like, there's no work. And there's, you know, come please be in my small movie for $2,000. No. Um, and uh, and then literally a week later, uh, again, most people don't know that our actors' lives are like overnight, you know, things just shift can change and it turned into be a great week and i've got these great two gigs this this thing is really fun really scary but really fun good for you all right so back to psych it was good hosting right there maggie <laughs> well i mean i, I do want to hear more about that though too i'm just no, like no, 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 no. i'm also fascinated by your psych story yeah so I, I i got the thing um i never how do i put this i i, I never really felt terribly comfortable the first couple episodes i always enjoyed these scenes i had with young sean but i still hadn't fallen into like you know james is you know, i mean i'm not really i guess i could be his father could be if i had him when i was 17 or something um so i never really quite related to that i had to start building that story of, well okay well you had him young i mean we never really talked about that um, no, you're a very young uh, dad. Yeah. Yeah. Very young dad. And which allowed us to become friends in a way. But uh, the first couple episodes uh, really for me were the first season really was all about the young Sean, because that's where I got to actually do something that was meaningful to our story. Um, uh, I, despite how much I hated the wig. Uh, <laughs> loathe, loathe the wig. <laughs> you look great in it, but yes. Yeah, wig I knew is, you hated I, that it's thing. ridiculous. I hated the wig. <laughs> I hated the wig. It just didn't, it just didn't feel me because I'd grown into the fact that I don't have hair and I'm, I'm this guy. Uh, but I never, you know, I've never said this to you guys really. I never really felt 
like a part of it because I was always outside. You got a, I was going back and forth. I didn't live up there like you guys did. Um, you know, and I'm the older guy and you guys are young and hanging out and going doing your thing. But I, know, I always felt kind of outside of it in participation in our private lives, but also in the story itself, because I would go to work and you guys were all done. Um, I mean, obviously, we had scenes together and all that. Yeah, but, we, like, passed in the makeup trailer and stuff. Yeah. But I never really got to hang with you guys. Always seemed to have all this stuff together. And the occasional, I had the occasional stuff with Sean and uh, Dulé, you know, which was fun. I just, I don't know. I always felt like you guys were going to restaurants and I was, like, working or something. Like, you guys were all done and him yes. was doing his night shoots with young Sean or something. Um, so I always felt a little bit outside of the the show a little bit outside of the group. I mean, I felt like I was part of the group, but I didn't I didn't really have that in that first couple of years finding my way there. That sort of super bonding thing. Uh, Just so interesting because Sean and Henry. I mean, Henry is the the whole driving thing behind Sean and what he yeah, does. But, was, and- but that's a different thing. I'm I'm a character motivation part of the story i'm kind of like i always i always said this i'm like ringo in the beatles it's like i'll just carry the beat but you don't get any so you occasionally you get your yellow submarine but that's about it you know you're known you're part of it but you're not a driving force and that was the other part that i that i haven't really shared with anybody i really had to really realize my role in this thing because up till then i was sean i was number one or two on the call sheet. I was, I was all that stuff. And I'm, I'm, and when I settled into it, it became very good because that's why I realized, well, no, you have a family back home. This is a perfect situation. Do your thing and go, as you guys would know. I mean, it was like, done, wrap, can I get a plane? And I'm gone. So it was, it was interesting, the, the beginning of it. And it, it took me a while to feel like a part of the group Really? I remember some flights with you actually in season one where I felt like we, I feel like we didn't even talk about psych. Some of my favorite conversations we've had came from these like flights where you were talking about like your family and how you and Amanda met. You had so much time in this industry and working so consistently, but you also have this beautiful family and this really grounded view of like relationships and what it takes. You were flying home all the time. You were too. Um, yeah, bo- both of you. Thing like, it's that you live in that world where you want to be at the job, you want to be on set, but you also want to be home with your family. Family's always been, as you guys know, a priority with me. I mean, all of us, I'm sure in some way or other, but, uh, and now, you know, I'm sitting in this new house. It's exquisite on eight acres in the most beautiful area of the world. I mean, upstate New York, it's fall. It's just friggin' beautiful i can't say the words i want to say i guess maybe i can it's a podcast uh, sure uh, it's, it's just <laughs> it's fucking us. awesome here yeah. <laughs> it's just fucking awesome it's just i what mean the say? colors and the I things heard. it's just like I, we, we did a walk today with our dog that amanda discovered it was like this is outside my back door this is like a, extraordinary and you know I, I sit and i marvel with her and then both these other gigs came and i thought like wow i am really blessed I'm sharing other stuff with you that's not psych, but it's at least if people are listening, it's interesting that, you know, that expression, fear of success. You always go, yeah, who's afraid of success? That's BS. It's like I realize that things are so good right now that I'm a little like worried, you know, a little like, 
all right, what's what's around the corner? Um, but uh, no, I'm having a great time, and and it's all centers around being with uh, my wife, and and now no kids. It's it's extraordinary. We'll it's be visiting. Really nice. We're gonna do the rest yes. of the podcast from your house in upstate New York, like actually. It. But uh, as you were just sort of saying, like you were always on kind of when we were off. But then occasionally we'd get like, like I remember it was, I think it was one flight season one where we we ended up on a flight and we talked the entire way back to LA. And my mind was just blown just because you you just worked for so long. You've been successful for so long. I mean, consistently working for so long. And it's funny listening to you say like, not seeing yourself as a dad on the show. Also the basic cable side of it, which I think all of us, like USA was like, wait, what? What is? And then there was Monk. That was it, though. And so, like, it was sort of the beginning of this, like, cable. Like, when you were making the pilot of Psych, did you know then that, like, there was, like, kind of a magic that was going to keep it going for as long as it did? I, I kind of did because all of us very quickly, at whatever level it was, we all, there was this immediate family thing. At least that's the way I recall it. And, you know, um, uh, and you could see what James was doing in the early days, you know, before he really discovered Sean. And, uh, you know, this is what pre, pre-pineapple, you know, this is, I, I guess. I mean, yeah. So, you know, and you, I saw what James and Dulé were doing and Steve's writing was so, it, it, if, you, if you accepted this world is we're on basic cable and we're doing this, what they used to, I think, call Blue Sky Show, which was bright and cheery. Remember how everything had to be bright at Santa Barbara, bright, bright, bright. We weren't going to be a dark show. Uh, and then you met everybody. and you it, It's so important. Look, we've all been on shows, and you sit there and you go, this cast, it's fun. I like all of you, but this is not, like, happening. Something's wrong. Something. And I'll tell you what usually is in, in, in L.A. Law – we had the same thing as psych. It's usually when one person or two people feel like they're just a little bit outside and above the group and everybody else is working on the show, but it's their show. And because, you know, you could argue with James and Dulé, it became their show really very, very much. So. But I don't think we ever felt that. No. As much as Meg and I tried to make it the last O'Hara show. As much as we tried to be divas, it didn't work. And still do to this on every movie. <laughs> in every movie. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? I mean, I think everyone can relate to that. I know I can. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. 
BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash pineapple. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for the psychologists are in listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash pineapple. So, yes, uh, to answer your question, the, the short version is I, I did know early that it was going to be. And also, you know, if you've done enough shows, you sense, is this the time for this thing? You know, is, mm. there, a, is there a space, not just a time slot, you know, can you get in between a, a, some sort of Dick Wolf show time slot? But is there a time for it? And, there, and the, there was an opening. There was a play just that, and it's exactly the same as L.A. Law. You, L.A. Law it took about a day for us all to know that this was magic. We did two days in and it was rocking as much as Harry Hamlin tried to scare me that I could get fired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> that's, a, that's another story. He's like, you know, you've heard about the pink slip. Yo, the pink slip, Harry, what is that? So they can get rid of you still. And it's like, oh, okay. The first thing we had to do in L.A. Law, I hate to go back, is the very first scene is we're all passing around. There's a partner in the firm who's died. The very first scene is those close-ups is we go by and look at an X inside a coffin. And we're like meant to be, you know, looking at the X's. Anybody? Uh, yeah. It's just, it's like. The eye line. Those of us who don't, it's, oh my God, that's tough. And it was my very first thing. It was For for anybody listening who doesn't know what Corbin is saying right now, a lot of times, you mean like an eye line, right? An eyeline, yes. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. for a lot of times on camera, when we're doing scenes and let's say sometimes like the person can be there off camera and you're reading lines with them and it's perfectly like you're in the still in the scene. Other times to get the exact right angle and the exact right shot, you're doing an emotional scene with a with an X that's a piece of tape. And you have to, and as a Corbin, you have to like somehow not overact because you're trying to overcompensate yeah. for the fact that you're working with yeah, tape yeah. or, yeah. <laughs> or underact. You know what? Underact. Like, Better to underact. I've always found out because like I could be looking at a dead guy in a coffin and have no emotion. Better than. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is good. I always, I always go for, I always go for under these days, especially I know they can cut away and, you know. But in this case, it was, the X was right inside the coffin on that little pillow, and the camera was right down there. So there's no place for the – they don't even have a dead guy. He's just dead. It was like a, a character we never saw. So I don't even know what the guy looks like, and I'm looking at an X pretending anyway. But back to our show, I knew uh, – you know, and the crew, too. There was something magical. There was something really magical. Um you know, there was a little change after the pilot, right? One oh, little really? cast change. Yeah. <laughs> One very, what? very significant. Tell us, Maggie, how did that <laughs> feel to step into, step into it, Honestly, it's funny because uh, in talking about these stories of how we got to psych and in, in a lot of ways, I feel like in the testing process, knowing like you go into test for a pilot, obviously, there's just like you have all this hope and there's this possibility that you get it, you know, but you still got to shoot the pilot. It's still got to get picked up. A lot of miracles kind of have to happen. I, right. I came into it after it was like a sold show. But yeah, I it, it's always uncomfortable. I think what made this uh, maybe a little more smooth is that it was a whole new character 
it wasn't me yeah. actually replacing like our yeah, storyline. You, you weren't Lucinda. I, I wasn't. I was not. I was Juliet O'Hara. But we were not. And we were not having an affair. No, we were not. I mean, I'm sorry. You were separated. Thank you. Laster was <laughs> Laster was separated from uh, his wife, whose uh, name I'm suddenly it's escaping. But what she, was she, your she, wife's name? I can't remember. But, Tim. Um, she submitted divorce papers. It was a very upsetting moment. That was um, James' director, directorial debut, I believe. Victoria, that's yes, right. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks, producer Devin. I know. Thanks, producer Devin. By the way, in L.A. Law, they replaced the female lead at the beginning, too, after the pilot. Really? Funny. Both shows I've done. Maybe that's the thing. Hire somebody that you're going to fire and replace her. Uh, well, that's the well, key to speaking, success. <laughs> speaking of, did you have to test for psych? For what? Or did you just read and then like they offer it to you? I had to test. Well, testing in those days was going back in the room with uh, basically the same crew. And I think that's when James came in. And yeah, I, I tested. There was a test deal. And there were like four guys, three three or four guys. And yes, but it wasn't like the screen test. It wasn't taped or anything. Maybe it was. I don't know. But did you, did you have to read from like the 20 guys from the, and gals from the network in the studio? No, I don't think that. I, I don't recall there being a ton of network and studio people there. Corbin got a special test. It. Sounds like Corbin got a special test. I think so. Yeah. But it was up in that room where we all did it up in the tower at NBC. I've given up on the fact that I think I've reached a point where I don't ever have to read or test because I have to read and test for everything. Everything. I was really worried with LA Law that I was going to have to read the character. That <laughs> <laughs> I seriously had a nightmare thinking like, because they waited for a long time. I knew this was around. They were waiting and waiting. I thought, like, they're going to come and make me friggin' read. They're going to know. I got this paranoia thing going. That's they're gonna make hilarious. Me read. That but, was, the, but we God. have that. It never goes away. That feeling no, never. never, ever goes away, no matter. And I'm, I mean, it's just interesting to even hear you say that. Just like, did you have to test for L.A. law? Because that process, I feel like, has... It is as it was, as it, it still is no, today. No, L.A. Law was different. L.A. Law, I, I was living in New York, and I read Stephen Bochco and this director, Greg Hoblet, came to New York. I had a holding deal because I had tested for a, a sitcom. that ah. Everybody loved me for this sitcom, but this other guy got it. It was one of the best sitcoms I've ever read, by the way. But this other guy got it. It didn't go very far, but they gave me a deal for a year. And, um, well, and thank goodness the other guy got it because you wouldn't have gotten to do LA Law. Uh, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And uh, I read for Steven because I had a deal. I had, the NBC had already cleared me to do LA Law, so I didn't have to test for the studio or the network. Uh, and because uh, I had a deal, but then I didn't get it. But then I, I was married at the time and I so wanted this. Bochco said to me in this meeting, he said, you know, you're not quite right. You're reading it. We're, we want, we see him this way and you keep playing it this way, but we know you're right for something. If you ever come to LA, give me a call. I got, went home, had the last horrible fight with my then wife, got in our Jeep, drove across the country because Mr. Bochco said, if you're ever in LA, well, okay, I'm going to come to LA. Got <laughs> out there. I, I was running. I used to be a runner on Mulholland, I saw this beautiful girl in a white Jeep with like Lady Godiva with her hair flowing behind the Jeep. And she looked at me as I was running and I looked at her and I went, oh, I get the character. And I called up my agent and I said, get me back in there when God and God that <laughs> afternoon. That's amazing. I have I had, to be in a, I had to not be in a miserable marriage in cold February, New York. 
But the minute I saw a beautiful girl in LA driving a white Wrangler, I was you like- You were synced. Oh. You were like, oh, I'm myself again. And by the way, <laughs> I'll tell you, this is the truth. It's up on Mulholland. Whenever I am stuck on a character or stuck in life, I go to that spot because it's it's where inspiration hit. And I also go there to speak to my father and mother. It's weird. It's my little, it's a little middle of the road. If you saw it, it'd be like I'd get run over. It's like, get out of the friggin' road, man. But it's this weird spot where I feel like the universe just came down and said, that's it. So that's your creative vortex. Yeah, yeah. Mulholland is magical, though, I have to say. I mean, I know this is not psych related, but I, many times during the pandemic, I just needed to feel and see something like uh, beautiful, a sunset or whatever. It is right. very inspirational. And I would just go and sit up there. Peanut and I would go to the top of Mulholland, I mean, almost like nightly, uh, just it, to watch the sunset. Yeah. But is it not psych related? Because really, if you think about it, going back, I've always thought of, okay, Going back to our show, what the conceit is that Sean is a fake psychic, right? Mm -hmm. But if you really think about it, I always stepped back and went, but yes and no. Because, yes, he had wonderful visions and that little thing we used to do. (laughs) (laughs) Sean vision, whatever it is. Do people know it's called Sean vision? It's like little twinkly, you know stars but he was sort of plugged in psychically really in a weird way well he's you plugged know, so. in like energetically uh as, yeah, right, as, right. as your right. character That's word, energy he could pick up ticks in people and and changes in their you know body language right. and and you right. know that kind of stuff so yeah maybe not psychic in that you know uh, uh, spirits are coming to him and telling him what's going on but there is you're right there is almost like a magical element of like his his awareness. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-proportioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. The holidays can be hectic, but HelloFresh keeps things simple with recipes that cut back on meal prep and cleanup so you can spend less time in the kitchen and more quality time with friends and family. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including vegetarian, calorie smart, and gourmet options, providing plenty of variety. Ingredients travel from farm to your door within a week, so you get the convenience without skimping on the quality. Plus, skip trips to the grocery store and avoid the long holiday lines. HelloFresh meals are ready in around 30 minutes or less. Plus, with their quick and easy meals, 20-minute recipes, or low prep and easy cleanup options, you can get food on the table quicker so you can spend more holiday time with loved ones. And don't forget dessert. Satisfy your sweet tooth with seasonal limited-time goodies like ginger spice cake truffles and cherry cheesecake swirl bars. Mmm. I tried HelloFresh and I love it. It made cooking so easy. The recipes were easy to read and the food was so, so, so good. Like they're not messing around. Go to HelloFresh.com slash pineapple14 and use code pineapple14 to get up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash pineapple14 and use code pineapple14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. Hey! 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So right. Sean is Mulholland Drive in human form. Yeah, yeah, right. Sean is Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive. And he learned he it is. all from Henry. So really, <laughs> Henry so is So really Mulholland it was Drive. my show. Wait a second. Really? Wait a second. <laughs> Hold on. We all knew that, Corey. The star of Psych. Here's an interesting thing. If we can like talk about real stuff, we could talk fake stuff. Corbin, I would expect no less from you. Okay, yeah. What, what, what was really interesting for me and this ties into the first couple episodes is, as I said, it took me a while to really realize this is not my show. This is, you know, I, I because L.A. Law was that wasn't my show either, but I was so high up on the ladder at that point uh, it was really interesting to as an actor, because if, if you recall and I go to these psych conventions now and things that we all do. And there were a lot of photographs of me of Sean and Gus. It was always a three shot. It was always, a, they did the occasional Sean and Gus, but a lot of those press photos were me and Sean and Gus, me yeah. and Sean and Gus. Because right. I, I was the guy that sort of, besides Dulé, had a name. Your TV's so, Corbin Burnson. Yeah, right. Exactly right. And and movies and, Corbin Burnson. And, and, well, and it took me a while, you know, slowly it became like, well, you, you know, uh, I'm not in that picture anymore, you know, and, and, <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, okay. It, it, there was a, it was a, a, probably in the second year I went, huh, okay, you got to get over this thing of this is you. And I was kind of brought in in that way, but then sort of weaned out that way a little bit too. And, uh, it, and that was a little bit of a learning curve for me. It's so fascinating because I feel like, Henry, your uh, every episode, every lesson, every story comes back to Henry and Sean. It does, but but it's motivational stuff, but not as the actual story. Right, 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 right. Parts where I part of the critical uh, uh, structure of the story. Yeah. Sean, Sean, other than Sean coming in, Dad, I need some advice, you know, but I wasn't the. I wasn't in there solving the thing. You guys were cops together going off and doing mm. it on that side while he and, and Dulé are doing this side. And Kirsten was a part of that in a way. But I, I was not really, I was, a, I, again, I was like, as much as Ringo is in the Beatles, he's a drummer keeping a beat. He's not singing Yesterday or Michelle. Or, he's not... He's not doing the poetic part, if you will, the story poetic part. It's more of keeping the rhythm. I always thought of my, and by the way, I embraced that. I, I learned to say, okay, well, that's your part, man. That's what you are. You, you're keeping the beat. And I'll tell you, that goes to something else. It was really tough. To this day, anytime you're in a scene with both of them and you try to rise to the comedy level, mm. I try to, you're screwed. <laughs> it's not Henry's place. You do not jump in their 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 rhythm. You do, I could not. You know when you've told a joke and it really goes flat 
you know, that feeling of like that. Every time I try to do it, it's exactly like, uh, no, no, that's not funny. And then they can do something. It's like, bah, 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 and then it's all of a sudden it's funny again. I learned very soon to just lay back and just keep the beat, keep the beat, which became an important critical part of the show. You know, I, I often thought that, that they, everybody, and this really includes you, Tim, to some degree, you could be out there with the character as they could. You didn't do it so much, Maggie. It wasn't really your character to do it. But James and Dulé and Tim could be out there, but it wouldn't work unless there was a grounding to the rest of it. There has to be a grounding, which allowed that to happen. And I became, I became very comfortable and proud that that was my part to, again, I go back to keep the rhythm. You know, keep no, the you're beat. Papa Bear. Yeah. Yeah, Papa Bear. Papa Bear. Yeah, Papa Bear. But you're keeping the beat so somebody can play the guitar solo. Yeah, those are all things through the first couple episodes. I really had to figure out that, uh, that this was not my show. This was my place. This is what I am. And and then I realized it was a blessing because I could go home and be with my family. And, you know, uh, I had missed so much of our kids' lives between L.A. Law and Psych running off for two months to Australia, running off to Canada, running off to Romania, Bulgaria, you know, wherever we had to go to, as we do. And I, again, they called me up with LA Law. They said, oh, we're going to redo LA Law. It's great. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. And the best part of all, it shoots right here in LA. I said, well, the <laughs> is, I live right here in New York. <laughs> oh, Corbin. <laughs> These are good. These are these are good good things to have to figure out. But yeah, 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 I, know, I, know. I I do remember you talking. I mean, I, it was one of my favorite conversations, just like relationships, family, and all of that, while being in this business and moving around so much, and you know, having to, like you said, uh, one week being like, man, the phone's not even ringing, to the next week being like, I'm flying to another country to shoot yeah, something. Right. Yeah, it, right, it's it's right. it's insane. It's wonderful. Like it's exciting. But, oh yeah. crap, my passport's expired and I need a passport because I'm going somewhere exotic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then there's that too. You kind of have to be ready at a moment. But I was always fascinated. You guys always fascinated. Everybody fascinated me. Maggie, I loved hearing your stories of growing up in Kentucky and your things and that we don't have to share, you know, things that yeah. were missing and things that were good. And Tim, you, you know, to this day struggling with yeah, I was never more proud of being in a scene with anybody in my life than those scenes in our movie. You know, I mean, I don't think I that might be my highlight of my psych experience is that simple little two scenes we did on the porch. But, uh, you know, the reason that was a successful scene for me was because you were there anchoring me. Hmm. Well, we're anchoring no, it's, it's each absolutely other. True. It's just, there's a beautiful thing that you're you're on my character's porch. I just, it was all just this full circle and, and just uh, sitting there with you and watching you, I guess, you know, in a strange way, what you've had to go through, Tim, uh, it, I what admire happened? because it's, 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 it's related to what, can I not to, what he got. No, he said, what Tim goes, wait, what, what happened? <laughs> my most basic dumb joke about my, wait, 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 what happened? Corbin, I had a stroke. I know. He's making the what? joke because you said watching what you went through, and Tim said, "What happened?" I think you said about a joke falling flat earlier. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> I know you had a stroke, man. I'm talking about what you went through through the years after it, and coming back to where you had to do. If of again, it's what I say at the beginning of Psych, me having to see what my place is in all of this, and you finding your place in all of this with 
the limitations and the and the restrictions and as I tried to impress upon you the freedom that you've been given. You know, sometimes I I look at your situation as a it's really it's hard. It sounds stupid, but as a I don't know an opportunity, a blessing. And the more you embrace that, as I said to you, that's what our scene was about. That's exactly what our scene was about. I'm never going to be a cop. Well, maybe you're more than a cop, man. You know, uh, up till then, how many hats in the room was one of my favorite. Um, but uh, I think that became a way took over. It had so much more meaning. Well, now interesting that um, for uh, Henry and Laster, that it took a, the um, the last scene up until now of these characters' relationship to have such a poignant, important moment for the two of them, or for at least for one of them. Well, I think that's part of what that whole, this whole movie, I, as, as I said in, I think, in one of our Zoom things earlier, this is like grown-up psych, which is it really is. interesting to me. I agree. And that's good, because we're not trying to repeat and be... And I actually thought here, you know, Steve is talking about doing six of them or three more. I'm, I'm thinking you could... This could go on and on. If we keep staying true to it, yeah, you can have a relationship. You can be married, not have a baby. You guys could have a baby, not have a baby, you know, whatever happens. But the essence of who we are doesn't change that much. So we can be our characters. And um, yeah, but I, Just I as long as they keep hiring system. the same actors. <laughs> well, like I said, I was really afraid they're going to recast me in my role in LA Law. The next psych movie, we're all gonna get. We're all gonna get like a. Hey, do you mind just testing again, well, now, just to make sure? Knowing the guys, that could be a pretty funny movie. That is actually very funny. Getting people to play to play all of us, and like somewhere in like the first act, we come in and go. Wait, stop, stop, stop. I was just about to say, Corbin, don't don't put that idea on anyone. <laughs> I get a call from my agent. Hey, good news. It's saw a breakdown. They're looking for a Tim Amundsen type. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. That'd be a pretty funny movie, man. The making of Psych Five. You know, all new actors looking younger. Yeah. It's a horrible idea, Corbin. It's the worst idea you've ever had. See that for your own podcast. Conversations with Corbin. So back to Psych. What episode are you talking about? Well, we're this is episode five of the podcast, but it's episode four of uh of the of Psych. What was it? Well, what, what was it called? Woman seeking dead husband. Smoker's okay, no pets. And I do believe one of my favorite lines you had, it's you, right? Step away from the stanchion. I can't remember who actually said that. It's just one of the best. Um, We have our first stakeout. What's really funny is I think um, that is one of those um, uh, uh, episodes where uh, it is just just you and young Sean. Like I actually don't uh, d- don't think we see you in that, but um, yeah, there's a couple of bank robbers. What's very funny is one of the bank robbers because we did this on Psych a few times, and we'll probably uh, bring it up. One of the bank robbers is an, a Vancouver actor uh, named Ben Cotton, who is act- actually a bank robber. <laughs> who's actually a bank robber. Um, who's also in American duos, and I think even comes back again. <laughs> ben is so good. Ben Cotton, you're a great actor. I had yeah, so much ben. fun hanging out with you, Ben. Yeah. Yes, Ben. Um, before we let you go, I need I need to know what wine you're drinking. Uh, this is uh, called Bread and Butter Pinot Noir. It's a really affordable, nice, clean. It's our go-to. Can I tell you that? Uh, 
the bread and butter is so good. It, during during a uh, quarantine, I think we just found a new sponsor. I know we did. We uh, I I was getting wine, you know, and and I, every day. No, I was. <laughs> it was like one of the few errands I actually like errands. would go out and I say errands because <laughs> you could call and be like, hey, I just want you know a few bottles. Uh, you know, or a case. Um, right. yeah, yeah. And 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 <laughs> the, they would domain here in LA, and Covell did it. Like there were some really great wine places that were doing this, where you could just open your trunk and like fully masked, like you could do it all over the phone, and they would just put the wine in your trunk, and so you have it. But you know, that was when I thought the pandemic was not going to be very long, or that at least quarantine was not going to be very long. So then I was like, I need to look for cheaper wines, <laughs> and I discovered Bread and Butter, and it is yeah. so good. And, yeah, and, affordable. and affordable. At 8 a.m., the store answered the phone just go, hi, Ms. Lawson. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. The yeah. usual? <laughs> yeah, I know. Did we, we, we talked about this, I'm sure, in the pandemic. You had a cocktail truck come to your house, didn't you? It was a friend's cocktail truck. <laughs> it was a friend making cocktails. Yes, I had a mixologist friend. <laughs> hi, Scott, who brought, brought us some booze. Which we're going to bring back. Uh, so Corbin, wait, so you're working on a show. What you want to, you want to talk about what you're working on and, um, uh, city on a hill, Kevin Bacon is showtime. Uh, Joel Hennessy, really good. Uh, really, uh, really strange start. Uh, but I said, this is just really dark and it's a dark show and it's interesting to do because you, you, you got to go to this very strange, strange place that I've not been able to pull all of it together and really, you know, I can pretty much figure out every character I do, but uh, every time I've, I've only been working on it for a week now. Uh, and uh, it's just trying to find this. There's a a darkness that I don't really, I don't know. I'm not like, I'm not a prude or I'm not a, I'm not a guy who's not been adventurous in my life, but there's some stuff that's just like places that I haven't crossed, you know, um, mentally or certainly physically. And uh, it's really, you gotta, it's a fun challenge to uh, to make it work. So that's, I'm doing that for the full season. It's and then LA it's Law. Straight, and then straight to LA Law, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's, a, it's been a good time. And then I wrote something that I really, really wanted to do called Woodstockers. During the pandemic, I wrote eight episodes of a show about two guys who went to Woodstock in 1969 and never left. And now there's 70 <laughs> and, and they, let's just say their, their lives are coming back to haunt them. So body, mind, and soul, it's not working out. I, I, I've, I've joined up with another writer to help me sort of give some dimension to it. And I really wanted to do that, but then LA law came along. So I don't know what so I'm going to do. So you got to go be a, Kids, you know, got to go be a TV star. And, um, and I will, I will tell you, Maggie, there is a part for this guy's daughter and I often thought about you when I wrote it. I think about you for a lot of parts. Thanks, Corbin. I think you're, I think you're wildly talented, and you, you <laughs> I, well, there's a, there's some role that's waiting for you. That's so sweet of you to say, you. and thank you. And I would love, love, love to to work with you anytime, anytime. Love it. Um. Well, we love you, and um, this was so cool as all conversations with Corbin are. I'm sorry it wasn't very psych-ish, but I mean, 
That was Our, perfect. Here's the truth. No. Is, I, I told you this, Maggie, in our, one of our emails. I was like, I don't remember any of these episodes. Honest to God, <laughs> I remember two or three episodes. I remember roller derby only because I used to go to roller derby as a kid. I remember roller derby. I remember the baseball episode because I played in a baseball movie and I had nothing to do in the Hello, Major League. Hello. Yeah, I know. Uh, I remember the episode I got shot. Oh, that was intense. And this is not like drug related or anything. I just don't remember the ep- You guys know, <laughs> do, do you know every name of every episode, Tim? No. No, we're rewatching these as we go too. We're like, and 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 it's jarring memories, but it's not just like on the tip of our tongue. No way. I no, she texted me last night. So what episode we're we doing today? James knows the name of every episode though, right? He might. James he knows. Might. Well, he also wrote half of them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. No, but Maggie texted me yesterday and she said, we're going to do four. And I was like, which is four? What's four? <laughs> Actually, I, I looked it up myself rather than bothering you. Uh, aw, Tim. But people always ask me, what's your favorite episode? And I always say, well, uh, the pilot, because I can't remember any of them. And Maggie, you want to know a fun fact about Corbin and I? Yeah, what, what is it? So many, many, many years ago, like a couple of decades ago, Alice and I had an apartment in a building up in Laurel Canyon that was owned by Corbin's godfather at the time. Right, yeah. And Corbin actually helped build this thing. Right. What? Did you, did, you dug right. the pilots, didn't you? I did. I did all those hillside houses. I that was my how I put myself through college. I would, you know, now now when you have hillside houses, you got to dig down into the mountain like twenty feet to put these pylons. It's what holds the things up. Hopefully in L.A. Well, now they have machines. That, eh, but in the day, it was me and some laborer who would be sent down into the hole with basically a small little like gardening spade. And you fill buckets up and you just, you keep going further down. But that's, uh, yeah, I, I spent many days in the hole. In that hole is called Canada. a potential grave. <laughs> <laughs> Always a potential. You're down there and you're thinking like, please don't let the earthquake happen now. Oh, I, nothing short up. I would be so freaked out. Um, we're going to have you back a million times. So I, I hope you're ready for that. Do you think it's pretentious that I put a, my mother's Emmy in, in my room? Yes. No. <laughs> I, I put this Absolutely. in here. People walk in and they go, oh, my God, you have an Emmy. I, like, but did you tape I've over her tried. name and put Corbin Burson? <laughs> yeah. No, no, but I did put all my vitamins in front of it so you can't quite see who's in it. <laughs> <laughs> you should just put it so on the shelf. people just come in and go like, no, because then you can see it says uh, outstanding actress, Jean Cooper. But now it just looks like, oh, it's just my Emmy. So oh, Corbin, I if I had an Emmy, it. it would be on my doorstep. Bolted down, so just with the light shining out of twenty four seven. Yeah, no, it's my mom's. God bless her. Well, give our love to your family, Amanda, to all the boys, and uh, big hugs. We love you. Thank you. We're gonna bug you for more. And be safe. Enjoy your wine. Enjoy all of your family and your shows. And anything else you want to add, Tim? Just we love you, Papa Bear. And I'm so glad. It's great to see your face, even though it's digitally. We're going to be a family forever. We are. Stuck with us. For better, for worse, whether you like it or not. You're stuck with us. And we're stuck with you. We love it. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to episode five of The Psychologists Are In. We are beyond excited to relive our favorite parts of psych with all of you. Our favorite parts being all of them. All of the parts. We love everyone's parts. Please feel free to message us on our Instagram at the psychologists are in or our Twitter at psychologist pod. And while you're at it, 
follow us on TikTok at the Psychologist RM. Thank you guys for listening. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.